Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Hope you're having a phenomenal day. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. It's Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Most of the time, you're watching in statewide SWX Montana TV, but we are not on TV right now. i got some baseball playing on SWX Montana, but we'll be back in full force on SWX starting tomorrow. And if you want to see our pretty faces, I don't know why you would, but if you do, you can go on YouTube. It's the exact same as watching on SWX Montana. And uh, Tom even has some slick and original graphics going on the YouTube channel as well, so go check that out. Don't forget, if you want to go to the Coeur d'Alene Resort, we got a stay and play for you. Two 18-hole rounds of golf and a night at the Coeur d'Alene Resort Hotel as part of our Father's Day giveaway next Friday. That's June 11th for those counting. We'll be giving that prize away. And all you got to do to submit your entry, send us evidence of you consuming this show, whether it's a screenshot of you listening to the podcast or a picture of you streaming on your computer or a picture of your radio and your truck, whatever. Send us a picture or any sort of evidence whatsoever. Be creative that you are listening right now or at any time, to Nuanas Now. That'll get you entered, and we will pick a winner late next week. 
Sean Rainey's in studio with me. He's the sports director, SWX Montana Television. He will be accompanying me on my stay and play to the uh, Coeur d'Alene Resort this upcoming weekend. So Rainey gets to play Coeur d'Alene back-to-back weekends. Pretty spoiled guy here. <laughs> lucky, lucky guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty spoiled guy. Um, so we'll give you the whole recap of that next week as well, but we look forward to all that. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, a fun show so far. Gave you all the best results from state track and field, particularly from around the Missoula schools. Great showings by the Missoula schools. The Sentinel boys and girls sweep the team titles at the AA level. The Hellgate boys finished third, and the Hellgate girls finished fourth, and the Big Sky boys were also fourth. So a lot of great performances from specifically athletes right here in the Garden City. We also talked some NBA. We also had some fun with some trivia. You can find all of the first hour in the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Blackfoot Communications, and Sports Bet Montana. Happy now to welcome into studio Craig Mettler. He's the head coach for the Missoula Sentinel track and field program, recently anointed state champion. This is part of our ESPN Roundtable. ESPN Roundtable is proudly presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. If you're playing in some spring-slash-summer sports, whether it's golf league or softball or whatever, you know you probably want to go have a beverage beforehand, maybe afterwards, maybe both. Head on down to Paradise Falls. A great place to wet your whistle before any of your league sports, no matter what you're participating in this time of year. They also have the NBA playoffs on every single night. 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, and early and a late happy hour. It's the place you're going to be wanting to hang out on the south side of Missoula. Paradise Falls proudly presents the ESPN Roundtable. Is this getting old yet, Craig? You got a lot of state championships now. What is it? Three out of four for the girls and back to back for the boys. So, yeah. uh, but this one probably even a little more special after the cancellation of last year's meets, uh, combined with the fact that you guys swept this thing in Missoula. So, just take us through what this last year has been like because I'm sure you know the losing of seasons, uh, particularly last year for the seniors, was just brutal. Uh, but the fact that they were able to come back out and you guys had such great performances across the board, it must have made you pretty happy as a coach. Yeah, no, it was heartbreaking to to not get last year. I think that um, track was particularly hurt and impacted um, with having COVID cancel the spring season. You know, you still had baseball and softball in the summertime. So track was really the, and, and tennis, track was really the, the one sport that really got, got hit hard because um, kids aren't really throwing, jumping. We're sprinting in the summertime. We're working on speed always, but the throwing and the jumps aren't things that we're necessarily working on in the summertime. So, yeah, I felt it was uh, it was a gut-wrenching last year to have that season canceled, but um, it made this year all that much more special, you know, um, to have such a collective group of talented individuals and incredible competitors. Uh, I, I know culture. You enjoy you enjoy the the track aspect of things because oh, I love it. Um, because it's you versus everyone else. You can't hide behind anybody, right? And, and, and the thing I love about it the most is, and this is not demeaning to any other sport, but you can certainly not play your best game in football, basketball, baseball, and still win. You can gut your way out of a state championship. Oftentimes, we see ugly state championships because kids are nervous and you, you know it's the back and forth especially in basketball it turns into slugfest not on track yeah. you have to bring your best when your best is needed period else you will not be able to perform at the level you need to to take home state titles yeah and that's what was incredibly unique about this weekend was if you look at the projections out there um coaches as coaches you look at projections but you know that those projections will not hold true right you're all you're going to have some some issues with kids maybe not showing up or struggling to perform, but 
If you look at projections, our girls scored 91. They were projected for 84, maybe. Uh, our guys were projected 100 and, I don't know, 100, like 103, somewhere around there, and they scored 132. Like that, to over project like that is. Kudos to the kids, man. We we before on Thursday night we talked about um, fear versus courage. Like everyone in this, everybody in this moment is going to be fearful. All all of us experience that that fear, right? In, sure. In those types of moments, um, but it's those who have the courage to face that fear, and it, it's how you it's how you address the fear and embrace the fear. But really, we talked about the courage aspect of like. It takes a courageous people to go out and do what they know, do what they've been doing all year round on a big stage. And uh, and, and the kids really responded to that. What is it message. like when you win a, a team track championship? Because I think, you know, a lot of the individuals, and I don't want to say that, they, you know, people are caring about themselves and stuff, but like the ones that have you know, a state title on the mind, you know, they're kind of, you know, obviously focus on your individual. And if you can get that taken care of, then that will obviously help the team. Mm -hmm. But like, how would you maybe just describe how maybe it's a little bit, maybe is it different than the football team winning? Like what, what is it kind of like when it's kind of like all these individuals, but you add them up collectively and it results in a team thing. Yeah, no, I, I think that, uh, I think that um, everyone plays and again, that's kind of where where I argue that it is a team sport because it's just like basketball, right? If you have someone that averages 32 points, they're a big point getter. You have someone coming off the bench who's scoring six points a game, but they, collectively, you all you have to work together in order to win. Even though you're not particularly uh, scheming, like there's not one play that you are participating in together as a team, right? It's someone's jumping over here while someone's sprinting on the the track while someone's throwing the shot put, right? Could be all be happening at the same time. They don't know how they're doing together, but um, but it is it is something that uh, it, yeah, I've I've won some I've won some state or some um, some football titles before, some conference football titles. We lost in a couple of national championships before here at the U, and it, it it's a little different football versus track for sure. But I think that you you still have that overwhelming I mean you should have seen the the kids especially those seniors they were glowing up big time like they were so excited that not only did they do well but that that they contributed to seeing the team do well also so um, I still think it has a it has a very strong vibe of, of family and and team it's it, it is it is a little different a little different um, but it's still you still have that 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 love of a family you know because Coulter you didn't do track and field right I did not I I had it held against me forever I love I love baseball retrospectively I would have loved to done a little bit of track but uh, okay hypothetical I got hypothetical for you give me give me your event or or two that you would have done javelin okay let's say and maybe shot put yeah, javelin shot put. Okay, yeah. let's say you're a senior. You're yep. doing javelin shot put. Yep. Would you have rather finished outside the top five mm-hmm. and your team wins the title or you win two two golds? Honest answer. Um, I would rather have my team be, just because 
He's a nice guy. Well, it's because my greatest ability as an athlete is to be fully self-aware and know exactly where I fit in the team. That's where I was able to letter eight times in high school despite not being athletic at all because I could, <laughs> know, ex- I could know exactly where I need to fit in, right? Oh, you need to. we need you to play offensive line. Great. That's where I'm going to start. I'm in. So, uh, no, but I, I get what you're saying because it is an interesting deal. I'm not going to lie. I'd, be, I'd want the goals for myself. For sure. Yeah. No, not that I'm like not a team player, but like, you know, I, I just... I, I, in that scenario, like I would personally want to do well myself. It, it could you know? be a different scenario, though, too, Rainey. If um, if you have a kid who's won state individual state titles from a freshman year on, and they're like going for, I got to get. I'm trying to get 18 golds or whatever it is in my in my high school career. That could be a different scenario too. That kid might might be thinking differently, um, but. If you're if you're like most kids who they kind of come on their junior senior year and they're they're not trying to go for a a school record in gold medals or a state record in gold medals that that might be a different conversation with a different person but yeah I mean we 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 pre we preach the team we preach the team um, mentality at Sentinel and the the kids have had success with it also like just a, so many kids on the team and only a handful of them are going to win yeah so it's sure. like you know you're you're surrounded most them you know 95 percent of them are all there you know trying to add to the team right so to like, develop yeah, so them awesome. and develop them for their future yeah it's been roundtable here on Nuana's now Craig Mettler head coach for the Missoula Sentinel track and field program in studio with us I'm Coulter Nuana Sean Rainey from SWX Montana joining us as well as he does each and every Wednesday ESPN roundtable is proudly presented by Paradise Falls. Craig, the other aspect of the team of this that I find fascinating and why I think that track championship meets are so fun to cover is there's this slow building crescendo as well. You have in high school, for example, you have the pole vault first because they have to get it all in, get it done. But at the college level, you have the multi events first. And oftentimes it's about setting the tone and then sort of holding the, the rope, so to speak. And you know, at the big sky meet, it's always such an interesting one because. You can have all these great performances coming out all these different places, and you can have these two or three contending teams, especially in men's track and field. But then NAU steps onto the track when it's the 3200 or the 5K, and all of a sudden they just scored 50 <laughs> points, and then they scored 50 more, and wow, NAU came out of nowhere. Well, they, they didn't come out of nowhere. This is how they do it. They avalanche you at the end. But in high school particularly, when maybe guys that weren't projected to win, like when Zach Cruz, he was not number one in any event. Jace Klusiewicz. Jace Klusiewicz. And they, and they start hitting it. Now, all of a sudden, now you are you already got your individual title, but you're also competing for the team because it comes becomes more realistic, too. So take us through to sort of the building of this because Klusiewicz got his done on Friday, but then Saturday you guys needed some big performances across the board. So tell us some of the highlights of how you were sort of able to build uh, into then what became a dominant victory with 132 team points. Yeah. Um, you know, those, our kids have, there's, they have confidence in themselves, right? There, there's a, there's a fine line between being cocky and confident and they have confidence. They know that they have the ability to perform well. And and we, we do a lot of mental training with our, with our team, um, we, we, we take three or four practice days every single year with the whole team to do, to focus on mental training. Like we don't even go to the track. So we've tried to prepare the kids mentally because really the kids that are in, in those top three, four slots in, in those events are all pretty talented kids, right? It's the, it's the mental aspect that will separate kids especially in a, in a sport like track and field where you can't hide behind 
um, the first layer. Yeah, you can't hide behind your D line, right? You can't hide behind coming off of a screen. You can't. Yeah, you don't have anyone to hide behind. So. Um, it's just you. So if we can give them some mental tools um, to, to be successful at the end of the season, that, that that's our that's our goal. And I think that you've seen over the years that our kids tend to perform at their best at the at the end of the year. I mean, you, you saw Rylan Ord a few years ago just yep. throw two oh eight, you know. But we knew he ha- he was capable of it. And he knew he was capable. He just hadn't had the opportunity to do it up to that moment. And that's the same thing with Jason and Cruz. I mean, yeah, the, the West kid was running fourteen nine, and we hadn't we hadn't cracked fifteen. Right, uh, our boys hadn't cracked fifteen, but. You know that they're competitive. You know that they have confidence in themselves. And when the moment's there, they're going to show up and compete. So, I mean, shoot, Audrey McElmurray, man, that was the that was maybe the coolest moment I've seen in track and field. Where the great great kid, great young lady from Glacier, on her sixth jump goes thirty nine feet to overtake Audrey, right? And then Audrey has one jump in her high school career left. And what does she do? She goes out and hits a... Her goal was 39.6. She did herself by an inch, right? She went 39.7 and some change. Um, But it's it's also... uh, You got to give some love to the coaches. They have the ability, our event coaches, they have the ability to keep kids calm in, in... in big situations. Um, Coach Akins and Coach McLeod, our jumps coaches, just said, hey, Audrey, it's your last jump of your high school career. Go have some fun. Hit that board as fast as you can and let the chips fall where they may. But run as fast as you can to that board, hit it, and have some fun. That's all they said to her. And there she goes. Like she, There was no pressure like, hey, you got to hit this mark. Like, just everything you got is all we want. Like You're going to just go have some fun. You know, what um, out of all the years that you've watched high school track, what's one performance does any from anybody that had you like draw drop like, wow, I am real. I on it. I can't believe what I just saw. I mean, that one has to be up there, right? That, the walk, the walk off triple yeah, jump yeah. is amazing, that, right? Your last of your whole career to win state. That, that's yeah, unbelievable. That's it. that's it. That's it. Like, I mean. Yeah, there's probably I've seen some state records with what the Perrin kid mm-hmm. running the 3200. Mm-hmm. Um, Cuz oh, some man. moments though, like like that one I was there for that like I saw like um they're kind of like a you you might expect it to happen. It's sort maybe a, like a the, coronation yeah, yeah, and and you know that they're capable. So sometimes those moments are like when it's just like you least expect it and you're just like, "Wow, like I can't believe it what I just watched." Right. You know? yeah. Right. No, Audrey's was Incredible. I mean, obviously, we had the two girls go 40 feet mm-hmm. together in the same meet. But they had um, been blasting that for yeah, all year long. They, yeah, they and, were right there. They and, were sniffing And it. you expected it. They expected mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say, Audrey, man, the biggest moment, uh, last jump of her career, and she just went out and hit that board hard. I mean, she's fast on the runway. And she's been banged up this year, so she's not as fast as she could like that we would have liked for her to have been. But if you talk to the Sac State coaches, that's what they love about her. They say that she's got so much speed on the runway. She's like the fastest girl that they've seen on the runway. So that's part of the that was part of the reason that they wanted her to get her there because she was so speedy on the run between her start and the board. So ESPN Roundtable, Craig Mettler, Missoula Sentinel Track and Field.
head coach joining us in studio. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Sentinel, if you hadn't heard, swept the AA titles over the weekend. First team since Billings West to sweep the AA titles when West did it back in 2016. And I believe it's the first time Sentinel has ever done that. Is that correct? Yeah, well, I mean... The first time the girls won a title was in 2017. Right, because that was the first one ever, right? right? And the and the boys' first, their the title in 2019 in Kalispell was their first since what early 60s, right? The first one since it had been since Sentinel had been Sentinel High School, not before. just Missoula, Missoula County, County. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was the first Sentinel High School Spartan chipper. So it's, it's pretty impressive. Was there a different element of it being on your home track, being in Missoula? Yeah, to be honest. Um, I, it, I, I like that they're, they're able to sleep in their own bed, but right. going on the road and um, being in a hotel with your kids is, is also pretty fun because we, sure. we do some fun team stuff uh, on the road. So for divisionals, we did some fun team stuff on, on the road. Um, we, had a little, we had a little karaoke session, and <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun. So I like the road because you, get to do some, you, get to do, you have the kids with you the whole time. You don't send them all. You sure. don't know where they're going or right. what they're doing. You they're, not playing, they're not playing mini golf somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, we got the kids the whole time. So going, to, going, to, going, going on the road is nice. But it was fun because the kids can sleep in their own bed. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's, they can drive themselves. And, yeah, it's, uh, it, was, it was fun because you also had the aspect that you had way more fans and friends and family, right? Yeah. There were so many Sentinel kids out there supporting their team, their their um, their friends. It was awesome. It was amazing. So that was that was one of the best things that I've seen too. Is that they can do that in front of their friends. Well, Zach Cruz said this on the show yesterday when he was in. If you missed Zach Cruz's interview, by the way, uh, Cruz was. One of those guys that absolutely exceeded expectations. He was expected to score points in a lot of events, but he came out as the 110 hurdles champion, the javelin champion, as well as the silver medalist in the high jump. And he also ran a leg on a, a sprint relay team that w- proved to be uh, some essential points as well. Sounds like a good athlete. Yeah, pretty good athlete. Not bad. Uh, but he was, uh, he was saying that that's what got him juiced the most was he hadn't actually played a sport in front of a bunch of people in so long. So, yeah. I mean, y- you and I spent a lot of time in the fall as a couple of only 100 people at Sentinel football games. Yep. But what was it like being in Missoula County Public Stadium when there was actually Dude, full attendance? That was, that was, uh, that's what state track should look like, man. Mm-hmm. It's right there, you know. Um, the, the stadiums were, the stadium was full. Um, standing room only, like legit standing room only. I mean, people were canvassing the, the fences, the exterior fences. So it was, it was rad. And to be honest, that 110s had me juiced. I was standing on the 300 side, so just on the opposite side of the finish line right there. And I, uh, I was yelling so loud when I saw those two boys out in front that I, uh, there was a moment where I almost blacked out. I was yelling so loud. Like I, you, I, you could probably, those boys probably could hear me yelling, screaming for them because I was so juiced that they were just competing, man, competing at a high level. Got to give credit to Drew Clough, too, because his performance getting second in the 110 hurdles right behind his teammate mm-hmm. Zach Cruz as well as then winning the 300 hurdles. That was one of the moments that kind of put you over the top, right? Yep. yep. Um, yeah, that – that uh, if you're if you're keeping score of points and this and that, which as a track coach you do. I mean, Friday night I went home and I, I broke down where we were at, where other people were at, and then broke down the projections of – where we should be, where we should be at at the end of Saturday, and where other teams should be at at Saturday. So, yeah, but the one tens may have the one tens in that um, sixteen 
1600 or 3200 um really really did some things that that 3200 how many boys did we have place four i think four yeah. yeah so i mean that's huge so um yeah, it was a it was a it was a great weekend, and and with Cruz and getting back to Clump and Cruz, we were we were betting as coaches that because they were just going back and forth all year. Clump would win one week, Cruz the next in the hundred in the one tens, right? So Cruz beat him at divisional. So we're like, all right, who's 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 got it, right? Who's gonna take who's gonna take it at state? And so we we were just as coaches on the side we were just chatting about who we got so um but they're two super competitive kids and you weren't surprised if either of them was gonna win do you get pretty nervous during those as a coach and then also like i would imagine like as a track coach is a little different than some other sports where like the coach kind of is not in the spotlight but like the like you're making like you know coaching like timeout decisions right. and subbing decisions you're yeah. kind of just out there kind of just you know, making sure everything's running smoothly. Yeah. Like nobody's like necessarily judging your decisions on a track meet day, but yeah. like what, what are your emotions like and how nervous, like do you get nervous? I don't, the- I, yeah. I mean, everything's taken care of before the meet, right? There's, yeah, there's, just, there's very little coaching you do so just that mostly during the track it. meet. Yeah. You just enjoy it and you, it, some kids aren't going to perform to their level. And, you know, we had, we had some kids who were disappointed and I said, well, did you, did you give it your best shot? Did you do the best you could? Yeah. Okay. Well then, you know what, man, like that's all we're asking for. You, you did the best you could. We can't, we're not going to try and ask you to be a superhuman and do something you can't do. Yeah. Did you not PR? Okay. I get that disappointment, but it's not like you didn't give everything you had. So, um, it's really just having those conversations with those kids and, and trying to keep them mentally prepared for the next event, right? Like if they have a bad event, how can we not let that impact their next event? ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Craig Mettler joining us here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Craig, we'll get you out of here on this then. What was the, fa- I mean, to, to keep this run going, what was the primary factor? Because this has been a one of a kind last couple of years, but you guys managed all of the obstacles at hand, and now here you are, the greatest track dynasty in the state of Montana, at least in co- contemporarily right now. So, what were the key factors to making this thing happen? Well, um, it has nothing to do with me. I was say awesome coaching. Yep. It's got it's got <laughs> nothing to do with me. It has everything to do, to do with um, having great kids, talented kids, and uh, a, a really talented coaching staff. I mean, we have we have some coaches who co- like, to have such high level athletes at that. Uh, ups your game as a coach like you go oh i gotta learn some new stuff or, sure right and we have coaches who are fully bought into the learning aspect the education the science piece and um you you mix those two together and your recipe is going to be pretty strong so it's having great kids and you got you got to have great event coaches so me I don't. I don't do much, man. It's it's got nothing to do with me. I just I just push some papers and make sure, uh, yeah, make sure we're we're heading in the right direction. Pretty good coup by you though to get uh, one of the great athletes in the history of the Big Sky Conference to come be a coach for you. And yeah, come McLeod. Yeah, it's nice having McLeod. <laughs> She's got some pretty good experience to pass along to the girls. So Craig, it's been awesome. It's so good to see you, man. It's the first time in studio in years, right? I know so, it's been great to be back. <laughs> yeah, so you you're welcome back anytime. But in the meantime, congratulations and best of luck with everything moving forward. And uh, tell all your kids congratulations as well because we'll the ones that joined us yesterday they were outstanding. And uh, tease for tomorrow, Audrey McElmurray will come on and give her first-person perspective on that epic triple jump as part of our Senior Spotlight that will happen about 5 p.m. tomorrow. This has been our ESPN Roundtable, proudly presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula.
Paradise Falls has breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Great place to watch sports. They have 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, drink specials going on all evening, every single evening. So head on down to Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Is Naomi Osaka justified in not wanting to do press conferences? And what does Sean think of her dropping out of the French Open because she doesn't want to talk to the media? All the ins and outs of what we do for a living right here on Nuanas Now, right after this. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. yet. That's a good thing. It's hot out there, though. It's smoking hot in the city of Missoula. Probably hot around the whole state. I was just checking the temperatures some other parts of the state, and it's uh, approaching, if not surpassing, 90 degrees everywhere. So hope everybody is staying cool. Happy Wednesday, and thanks so much for spending some time with us. It's Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. I'm Coulter Nuanas. John Rainey from SWX Montana Television joining me in studio like he does each and every Wednesday. And it's time now to talk a little bit about uh, a pretty compelling controversy because I do think that this one is truly two-sided. There's really no way to uh, – I think you, I think you can find validity in, in fully both sides of this argument. Naomi Osaka is a rising star in women's tennis. She most notably uh, became a star when she eliminated Serena Williams from a Grand Slam tournament. I believe it was the U.S. Open a little while back. She um, – has all the elements that, that make her a, a potential and, and uh, almost certain darling of the sport. She is biracial. She has um, both African-American as well as uh, some sort of Asian descent. And she also is uh, a beautiful tennis player, very talented, and she's only 23 years old, a rising star in the tennis world. Well, before the French Open last week, she basically gave a statement saying that press conferences uh, gave her a high level of anxiety and that she did not really want to participate in pre-Grand Slam tournament press conferences anymore because she thought it was detrimental to her mental preparation for said tournaments. And then she ended up dropping out of the French Open, citing mental health reasons and a lot of anxiety that goes along with being in the spotlight. So there's a lot to this story, and uh, I think that there's a lot to be told in terms of the evolution of media, first and foremost, the way that people uh, in the media world, particularly the national and international media world, go about business and and what is the the revenue streams, where they're coming from, and all that. And a lot of it is a little bit um, less savory than people might want to admit. But on the other hand, I think that 
fans are a huge part of the sport, and the media being the conduit for information to the fans is a huge part of the sport, and that's how uh, sports grow and stay popular and, and remain uh, having interest in them. So uh, before we kind of hash out the, the minutia of this, Sean, what do you broadly think of Naomi Osaka and her uh, her recent decision? Did she go into like exactly like what about it? In her initial statement, she said that it it provided her profound anxiety doing press conferences, especially before tournaments, because she tries so hard to give good answers, and it just gave her a lot of anxiety trying to think up good answers. Yeah, I think that is in in where is where one of the problems lies is. You should just answer the like you don't have to think about your answer exactly. I think that it's it's a it's a two sided issue. Especially in these uh, press conferences where there's hundreds of reporters, they're all digging for that one quote that they're going to use in their story because you know there's only so many quotes you can get. But you're writing for this newspaper or this outlet or whatever, you want to have that story that's the original story that goes out and gets clicks. So then a lot of times I think you're asking weird or off the cuff questions or you know you're really prodding. But I also think there's a misperception among athletes, especially young athletes, because Naomi Osaka is only 23 years old that they have to put on some performance and just give some sort of uh, spectacular quote every time. And that's actually not the case. In fact, if you just sit up there and talk off the cuff, as long as you keep it classy, that's basically what anybody in the media actually wants and needs. Yeah, I mean, one, it's unfortunate that that having to do that gives her that anxiety. For sure. You know, because, I mean, ideally, like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, you know, you, you shouldn't have to feel that way, you sure. know, and especially in, um, in women's tennis, I don't, and in tennis in general, I don't think it's, you know, the, it's not like you're talking to like, you know, New York or Boston media covering like the Yankees or Red Sox or football, sure. you know, I don't think it's as, um, you know, cause there, there are a lot of media markets. Like we had Marty Morningwig in yep. and he was talking about, being in Philadelphia and just how different the media is and how you, sure. and, and how like they would go into like when bringing in players, like they would like go like skip over dudes who they didn't think might be able to handle the pressure of the media right. and the fans and everything like that. So it's certainly there. I don't know how much it more it is or less it is. You know, I, I think it's, you know, considerably less as far as like the more aggressive media when it comes to tennis. Um, so unfortunately, she feels that way. It's hard to argue. Like, and obviously, if 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 it's strong enough for her to back out of a tournament, mm-hmm. then obviously it's a it's a big enough issue in her eyes where it's something that needs to be talked about and figured out. You know, um, I th- the one thing that you hope doesn't happen is that it then gets taken advantage of, and a whole bunch of people just start. To, Doing that because they don't want to, because that's kind of part of it. Um, it absolutely is, especially you know, when it comes to post match or post game press conferences. Win, lose, or draw, you got to face the music. Yeah, got to sit up there at the press conference and, and do the thing. Yeah, and like that's just part of like the job description. Um, there's parts of my job that I don't like that give me sure some anxieties too. Not compare, you know, saying that she shouldn't be able to feel that way. And have the right to not do it. I don't know the correct answer there, but 
I think part of this is, and now we're going to get a little bit deep into analysis of the modern media, but as somebody that studied journalism for before I was even in high school and read multiple books by prominent journalists about the tactics that they use, journalism is gotten a spin as needing to be either investigative and or salacious or some sort of uh, some in some way inflammatory when in reality the best journalism particularly when it comes to covering sports is about relationships and if you look at all of the the best interviews that Michael Jordan did during his career it was with the journalists that he trusted LeBron James has done a very good job of that as well mm-hmm. finding the journalists that he knows will truthfully tell his story the one-on-one access to players has almost disappeared. Jackie McMullen talks often on Bill Simmons' podcast about when she first started working for the Boston Globe in the late 70s and how she would fly on the team plane and stay in the team hotel and how she was having dinner with Celtic players all the time, just off the record, because you're just humans and you're getting to know each other. That's an important thing. But now we know this covering, once you get to the college level, the personal relationship part of it, it's almost not even allowed. Like you're not really even able to form those personal relationships and that makes it really tough. So now all of a sudden you're sitting up there fielding questions from strangers who you might have the perception that are out to get you when in reality they might not be. But I, I don't. I understand that that could be a little bit of a drawback because you don't really know that person. Well, on a lesser scale, like you know, at SWX we host you know the Grizz coaches shows sure. and we do all the games and everything yep. like that. There's a lot of Grizz basketball players and football players that I do not know nearly as well because one, with football I travel on the team plane, sure, stay at the team hotel, yep. And it's not even like I'm not going out to dinner with guys, but you sure. bump into them in the hotel. You say, sure. "Hey, you say yeah. what's up?" You're you're around. They see you around, sure. so they're comfortable. They know that you're kind of you know there and traveling, and you're just kind of there and always covering the team and kind of for them. And they get to see what you're doing more often. Mm-hmm. With with basketball, like I haven't met any of these f- the freshmen from sure. last year right. like we in person because we couldn't them, we yeah. couldn't even be on the floor. Mm-hmm. So, and that totally impacts, you know. The kind of the stories you're able to do, and really just that that trust factor there, where you know, like especially for me, like if I want to do something fun and creative, like mm-hmm. they'll kind of go with it when they know you more, you know. Yeah. And if you don't, then it's, it's hard to you know create that you know relationship. And it has sports media has certainly changed through this pandemic. I think of this a great example is is Mac Bignell. He played at Montana State, and he became um, we we became pretty close just in terms of. You know, as close as you can be as, as a reporter and a player. But Mac, I'm not going to say he's fully deaf, but he has severe hearing impairment. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge part of his story. He would tell you himself, one of the reasons why he has such great instincts and he's so good at getting tackles for loss and sacks and stuff is because his other senses are so hypersensitive. They're so He has such great eyesight and reactions because he's had hearing loss his whole life. So he knows how to navigate everything else and so he's quick trigger he can recognize things so quickly it's a huge part of his story but when Mac Bignell first started breaking out during spring ball uh, of his sophomore year I remember thinking okay well first of all this guy is a legacy guy his dad Joe Bignell is one of the great players in the history of Montana State football he's had multiple brothers that have been prominent athletes whether they were football players or rodeo guys in the state of Montana multiple cousins he's got a great story as a walk-on from Drummond but also he's just a hell of a player so I, I thought to myself man I need to figure out a way to get uh, a good relationship with him because he's going to need to do interviews that's going to be important for him and for the people of Montana to hear from him. But also, 
that is a pretty that's a really tough situation to get in front of a press conference if you can't really hear what's going on. If he's in a one-on-one situation, he could talk to you fully. You can have a full conversation with him, and he's awesome. He's one of my favorite players I've ever covered. But put him in front of a, a bunch of TV cameras where he might not be able to hear you as well, or it's like rapid-fire press conferences, and he he can't doesn't know where the question's coming from or whatever. It's a tough situation. But I remember talking to the sports information guys in Montana State and said, hey, let's just do one-on-ones. And so then by the time he got to be a senior, then he was ready to do anything. He would press conferences, all that. But that's an example of just the, the relationships that you can form. I mean, wasn't, wasn't he a part of the, the Big Sky Media days? He did, yeah. By yeah. the time he's a senior, he, yeah, he's, and, going and, to the, he's representing the, the school at Big Sky Media and days. He's great. That's all you do is interviews. That's right. Yeah. And, and, he, and, he, yeah. and he was awesome. So yeah. uh, I do think that so, sometimes these athletes can be helped out a little bit, too, by... Uh, the buffer of it all, I think, is the thing that maybe drives me the most crazy is the way our industry has evolved. There are some people out there that are vindictive or that are writing clickbait articles or that only want to write dumb stuff uh, to get you know their name out there or whatever. But the majority of people, especially in non-big market media... We just want to tell fun stories, man. We just want to tell the stories of the communities that, I think, that we think are important to people. So this whole buffer of like, we can't ever let this media guy get to know this person on a personal level. It's so weird to me. And I think it, I think it detrimentally affects everybody involved. It affects our product, but it also affects the athletes too. I think if they could just see the word as normal guys, that's why when we play hoops or golf or whatever with people, it's so important because they're like, oh, that guy... He plays sports, you know. He's just a guy. He just hangs out, whatever. And now it's 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 just so weird how they they try to insulate these guys, especially these college kids. So, do you think that Osaka should be allowed to not do the interviews? I think that if she has a valid mental strife, that it's hard to say that she doesn't have a case mm-hmm. in terms of this. Uh, here's what I think. I think that. Doing media is a part of your job as a prominent athlete. If you want to pick to not do media as in a pre-event press conference because you are focused on getting your mentality honed in, I think that's okay because I actually do believe there's validity in that argument. Like if you're Jordan Spieth at the Masters, I would never do a pre-tournament press conference again because someone is going to ask you about when you hit it in the water twice on number 12 five years ago and got a nine and melted down and his career's never been the same since then. You don't want to put that in your head as a golfer. Okay, I understand. So either I think you either you are a little bit validated in saying I'm not going to do this pre-Masters press conference or this pre-French Owen press conference or maybe you just get up there and state, hey guys, uh, I'm going to, uh, I answered any of your questions but I'm not talking about five years ago at the Masters, right? You just say that. Maybe you just, you know, you just deflect right away what you're not going to talk about. But other than that, I think that it should be uh, an obligation to do post-match or post-tournament or post-game press conferences. You don't have to stay up there forever. Just give people five minutes because it is a huge part of the industry. It's our jobs. It's the way we make a living. And also, though, I just think that it should be more access to one-on-one stuff because then you don't have to worry about this rapid fire and, and you don't have to put on this performance in front of all these cameras and blah, 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 blah. You can just do the, the one-on-one. And you know this too, as somebody that does sit down one-on-ones, you cut 97% of it and half of what you're even asking is just to make the people feel comfortable and, and make them cool with you. And so I don't know, I think that there's a little bit of a validity to it, especially in pre-match stuff, but post and, and just in general, I do think you should have to talk to the media because at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'd have to read more into it and exactly, there's got to be like certain, and, and her saying pre-match things where she's trying to focus on her play and stuff, if that's different than like what you mentioned, like with post-game stuff, you know, maybe there's like workarounds there, but didn't like, 
Like, didn't Marshawn Lynch, like, get to skip a lot of media stuff, too? And then it became, like, a, like, he was, like, praised for it. It was, like, a cool thing. But, but he, I don't I don't think he gave him anxiety. I think he just didn't like doing it. Right. If but, you don't want, I mean, if you don't want to, then it kind of like, like you know what I mean. But like, didn't he get? But he got fined a bunch. He they did. started finding him because he never he did. did it. And then that was the whole like famous like I'm just here so I don't get fined thing. It's funny how big of a media personality he's become in his retirement. Now he's got oh, all no, he's all over the place. Now he's all over the place. It is classic. Nuwana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula. More on the NBA playoffs and what to look forward to tomorrow. Keep it right here. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio Missoula. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Just here so I won't get fined. So you won't get fined. So I won't get fined. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Just here so I won't get fined. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Just here so I won't get fined. So you won't get fined. So I won't get fined. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good, Tommy. Yeah, good work. Look at you, you Tommy's the the Sean Rainey whisperer. He knows the seven songs that Sean knows. I made this remix like s- five or six years ago. You made this, huh? Yeah, yeah. I like to do remixes of people. I have a great remix of Ryan doing Jack Weathers oh, and talking about drinking beers. I love the remixes of like really good um, like inter- like local TV news interviews. Have mm. you seen some of those? <laughs> oh, you, ha- you haven't? No, are they so good? Oh my goodness! I got to show you some out there, man. So good. <laughs> Nuana is now 1029 ESPN, Missoula. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana TV is joining me. Coulter Nuana is in studio. Been a fun show. If you missed anything in the show, we talked all about track and field. Some of the best results from around the city of Missoula, the state of Montana. And uh, we also did some NBA, which we're going to do a little bit more of here in just a quick minute. And uh, we also had Craig Mettler on for our ESPN Roundtable. He is the head coach for the Missoula Sentinel track and field teams. They swept the Class AA state team titles over the weekend here in Missoula. So appreciate Craig swinging by. We also had a discussion about Naomi Osaka and her aversions of press conferences. What does it mean about the state of media as it is right now? If you missed anything in the show, you can find it on the podcast, which is available on all of the various podcast hosting platforms. Just type in N-U-A-N-E-Z. That'll get you there. Please rate, review, subscribe, five stars preferred. You can also find it at our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana. Keep on coming with all those entries. 406-888-1029. You want to play at the Coraline Resort? We got to stay and play for you. All you have to do is send us evidence of you listening to this fine radio show. By the way, on that note, yes, sir. When you mentioned earlier that we were doing the giveaway sure. for the wings, and yep. then you told everyone to call and they'd yep. be registered. Yep. There were twenty-eight callers, and I only got to seven. <laughs> 
So if you didn't get through, you can always try again later or text us and I'll text you back or Coulter will uh, through our new text machine. That's right. We will keep on doing this until uh, next Friday. All right, Randy, we only have about two minutes, but um, tonight's games for the NBA playoffs, the 76ers versus the Wizards, game five, closeout game for the Sixers. Do they get it done? I don't know. There's no Embiid. He got ruled out. Yeah, he did. he just was canceled. He was just scratched this afternoon, right? So that is a huge I impact think they, for I think they still Philly. get it done. I think so, too. The Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks versus the New York Knicks. It's a closeout game for the Hawks as well. The game is in Atlanta. Does Atlanta get it done tonight? It's in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Are we sure? Or is it in New York? I think it's in New York. Oh, you're right. You're right. actually right. You're it's right. game five, Excuse right? Me. It's 3-1. It's, it's in New York. It's game five. New York right, takes right. this one. Atlanta wins game six in Atlanta. Okay. The Utah Jazz have the... Memphis Grizzlies on the ropes. They're three yeah. one. Gentlemen sweep. Yep. Memphis gets the first yep. sweep after that. Yep. So then, the, so the Jazz Hawks and and uh, Hawks not moving on yet. Excuse me, but Jazz but and Sixers yeah. are moving on. Then the Clippers and Mavericks pivotal game five tonight. The Mavs took the first two. The Clips have got the second two. So it's two to two. Who you got in the nightcap tonight? Clip. Clippers take it. I'm so ready for the Clippers to just go away. It's amazing how the dramatic version of the Lob City Clippers were so uh, hard to watch, and then this one is even less appealing to me. We'll have to dive into the decision of Kawhi to leave Toronto to the Clippers and like kind of hitch his wagon to Paul George in this whole scenario. We'll have to dive into that Yeah, maybe, maybe later we'll do, on. Yeah, maybe we'll do it later on this week. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, so that's where we're at for tonight's games. And then to, uh, the, t- the teams that have moved on already, the Bucks are... In after sweeping the Heat, and the Brooklyn Nets are also in after uh, moving past the Boston Celtics. I can't believe we didn't even mention this until the last 30 seconds of the show. Mike Krzyzewski retiring. That is the biggest news of the day. He's been the head coach at Duke for, I believe, 41 seasons. So this is an institution. I believe only Jim Beheim has ever coached college basketball longer at the same school than uh, M- Mike Krzyzewski. So it'd be interesting to see who uh, earns that job. We'll have more for that tomorrow. Leon Costello, Montana State Athletic Director, and Audrey McElmurray, State Champion from the Missoula Sentinel Track Team, will both join us tomorrow here on Nuanas Now, 4 p.m. We'll see you then. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.